What's up everybody, this is Trevor Holbrook. Hey, this is Noah Rolfing and you're listening to another episode of The Double Technical with Trevor and Noah. What's up? We're going to be talking a whole bunch of football recruiting, followed by a little bit of former Iowa State basketball players uh, spending time in the NBA. Okay, I don't think we're actually ready. There is something very wrong. I don't know what that, I don't know if that boat's going to sniff at. Let's get into it. So Noah, uh, Iowa State's kind of been on a a hot streak, you could a say. A tear, you could say, yeah. Yeah, with uh, football recruiting, um, picked up I don't know how many. They picked up a lot of commits in the last month and a half. That's for sure. So. And highlighted by Jareel Brock. Jareel um, Brock, uh, four-star running back, the eleventh, according to twenty-four-seven, the eleventh ranked running back in the twenty nineteen class. It's. It's it's a it's nothing other than a coup for Iowa State. Just like a huge, it's a huge get. And along with Brock, they also snagged uh, Brees Hall, a yeah. running back out of Kansas. They're definitely preparing for a post David Montgomery backfield in Ames. I mean, you still got Kene, you still got Johnny Lang, but they're they're kind of they're they're loading up for. The 2019-2020 seasons when uh, uh, it's feasible that Montgomery's out of there. And like the nice thing about which they've loaded up on quarterbacks and running backs, we've seen. Yep. But with a running back, you can you can split reps a lot easier than with a quarterback. So I mean, and running backs, you know, they take a lot of abuse. I guess uh, they get they hit a lot. They have a shorter clock than yeah. a lot of different than different positions. So um, I think it. I think it's. I think it's a, a smart call. I think it's really interesting. Um, kind of what they've what they've done with this class, um, and I think the running backs are probably probably one of the most important parts of that. For sure, um, I think it's interesting. They've kind of been. You know, the last couple years, they kind of loaded up on the offense and defensive line. And this year, and a little bit, uh, the class of 2018, we've kind of seen skill positions start to yeah. influx of that. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, you still have three offensive linemen in this class, but there's not as many defensive linemen. There's not, I mean, there's a lot more wideouts, running backs. Um, athletes. They have a few athletes in this class, and I think that's really interesting. Um, guys who can play both sides of the ball, like Leonard Glass, who, as we mentioned before on this podcast, we are not sure if he's going to be used at running back or defensive back for Iowa State. He can absolutely play both. Um, but one thing that they have done recently is add some linebackers. They've added some linebacker depth in this class. Which I, I think, you know, you look at how it stands now, you know, you got Willie Harvey and Regan Northrup, all all these guys, but down the road, you have to reload that. Yep. It's not a need right now, but they're kind of fixing it before. In two years, it's going to be, in a year and a half, two years, it's going to be a huge need. So I get where they're going with Eric Horn, um, with Juco uh, linebacker Caleb Johnson, who is the most recent commit 
Um, you can check that small story out at iowastatedaily.com. I wrote that on the porch of the lake house I was at because oh, nice. I ran out of the water when he committed to, <laughs> to go write the story. That's, that's my commitment to the job. Your commitment to the commitment. The commitment, my commitment to the commitments. That's our new, that's our new recruiting slogan, actually. We're committed to the commitments. I think one thing I've kind of noticed, too, with class of 2019 is, you know, last season, Alan Lazard, Marty Murdoch, uh, Deshante Jones, all good size, you know? And the receivers they're bringing in in the class of 2019 They've kind of stuck with that game plan. I mean, they had six five uh, Nathan Beal, yeah, or Nathaniel Beal, yeah, uh, so large six four Darian Porter. Um, yeah, I mean they've got they've got some large they've got some large wide receivers now, and it's kind of interesting because you've seen you know in the NFL even Deshane James is six two. Yeah. In the NFL, though, the NFL's kind of shifted towards smaller, oh, shiftier yeah. receivers. I think it's interesting. I think there's something else that's going on here. Like, if you see Nebraska Scott Frost for his class, they've had, they had 6'6", six, 6'5", six, 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 guys as well. A lot of these more spread offenses, as are many offenses now, are going towards, like, taller, lankier guys. I on, think... On, like, the, on like the um, outside... Oh, the wide receiver. You got the, you got the shorter wideouts in like in the slots, you know, coming out of the backfield maybe. But some of these like um, sideline wide receivers are interesting. I think too, in college football, there's a lot more teams, and so there's not every team's gonna have a a six three defensive back. You know, in the NFL, there's fewer teams, and you can kind of pick and choose more. Yeah. And I think that's part of a lot of receivers that were drafted in the twenty seven the twenty eighteen draft were like not super tall. You know, there weren't a ton of lar a ton there were some obviously, none of them being Alan Lazard. But um I think that that's part of it. You know, I think that that's that's that that could be a small contributing reason to why Lazard's fall happened, and I think that it's interesting that it's kind of going the opposite way in college football. Well, if you look to at the NFL, the whole game has kind of shifted towards less ginormous linebackers and everything, and more quicker guys like yep. Ryan Chazier, for example. He he could have played safety, probably. Um, yeah, he probably could have. I mean, you've got. You've got smaller line, um, cornerbacks like Josh Jackson, you know, a, a bunch of, it's, it's a really interesting dichotomy, you know, between college and the NFL right now, because I think that the NFL should start playing more like college, and it's kind of starting to, even though it's still years behind. But in that sense, they're going to where two years ago college was, as far as wide receivers and skill position guys, whereas now um, it's going sort of in the opposite direction. These teams are trying to mix really tall receivers with shorter slot guys. Yeah, it always seems like the NFL is... A step behind. Yeah, like it'll be working in the college game, and then it'll trickle to the NFL the next year, two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it with uh, read options, too. Like, oh, yeah. And those man, guys. they're still not really caught up on the read option. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I remember Colin Kaepernick 
he took the the NFC by storm that yeah. one season. Yep, he took the NFC by storm for different reasons a couple of years oh boy. ago. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I I think I think we do gotta mention a couple things too. We got some interesting names on this uh, on this commitment list too. I mean, um, a big fan of Cole Flansburg. That's a good one. It's a really good name, inside linebacker from, I forget how to say that, Iowa. Um, Solon. Solon. I, I mean, I've never been there. Sorry to the people. But it's definitely an Iowa name for sure. Oh, yeah, Cole. Um, Von it's, spelled, it's spelled C-O-A-L, too. Yeah. That's important. Yep. Like the, like the mineral. Yeah. Um, oh, big fan of Vonzel Kelly. That's a great name. That's a solid, the safety at Elise Summit, Missouri. That's good. Yeah. I mean, DK, too. DK's a, DK's a cool one. Easton Dean is interesting. Um, interesting player, too. 6'6", dual-threat quarterback out of Kansas. Um, coming from the best state in the union. Um, I, I, oh, boy. I, <laughs> about to get up on my Kansas is actually decent state soapbox. But um, what, do, what, do you, what do you see from Easton? Do you see that... Do you see him competing with, say, Real or um, maybe even Purdy? Well, I I think the first thing when I look at his profile is the size obviously jumps out. Um, yeah. Six foot six, two hundred twenty pounds. He's listed at. Um, I mean, size is always a good thing, and quarterback, you know. Mm-hmm. And Real Mitchell, he's kind of a smaller guy, so it's it, smaller and quicker, but. It'll be interesting to see kind of the different skills that the quarterbacks, because there's a million quarterbacks in that room next year. Oh, but. my gosh. It's going to be – I mean, Kyle Kent is gone, but there's going to be at least Nolan, Purdy, Mitchell. Devin Moore. Devin Moore and Easton Dean. That's at least five. Assuming no one transfers. Assuming but, no one transfers. Which seems almost unlikely, but – We'll see. I mean, I you have to think. You you you'd think uh, someone, you know, because like these quarterback rooms are supposed to be like four, you know, kind of big, but like five is huge. But the thing the thing with that is though, like, that's a great problem to have if oh, you're Iowa State, absolutely. especially compared to previous uh, seasons I, <laughs> with Iowa State. We'll have something for gridiron um, on how fickle the quarterback position has been. At Iowa State. Because um, the, the worst thing that's going to happen is one guy says, I'm not going to play. I'm not good enough to yeah. start, so I'm going to leave. leave. Um, but you still don't spe- lose. We're not going to speculate as to who that is. But, um, yeah, but but whoever yeah, that is. You still have four. That's worst case scenario yeah. in how I well, see Worst it. case scenario would be two of them going. Yeah. Um, cause, yeah. But your best quarterback's you still probably not going to leave. No. No. As long as you're playing him. No, and honestly, I mean, it's it's incredibly early, and we have no idea what's going to happen, but you'd have to think Nolan or Mitchell would be the one of the early favorites there. But, again, that's a year out. Um, I don't know. What Any other thoughts on this recruiting class besides it's really interesting? Yeah, it's, it's a very early class. Yep. The early signing period has really sped it up. But. Yeah, but um, Trevor might have something on that towards the end of the week, maybe early next week on that. Um, check that out, iowastatedaily.com. Exactly. Plugging yeah. the site. Um, but, yeah, I think, I mean, the 25th 
in the team rankings right now. That's not going to be it. Yeah, those. The that means there's a nothing. lot of there's a lot of big schools behind them that haven't really got going, like haven't really started. Yeah. As far as picking up commits goes, so it's I, good I start, do think though. it's I do think it's really interesting that they're kind of just getting all their business out of the way early. I wouldn't expect them to be super active in the late signing period. Yeah. But um, is that about all for? Yeah, how about some uh, b-ball? Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll make a quick trip down to Las Vegas um, for the Summer League. Um, we've got two Iowa State players here in uh, the Utah Jazz this summer. Um, George Nyang, who, in my opinion, is earning himself a full roster spot for the Jazz. Um, he's not going to start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> Why do you think he is uh, well securing his spot? You should. Um, he played great in the Utah Summer League. Continuing that here, averaging 18 points through three games and um, well through two games so far in Las Vegas, on 56% shooting, six rebound, five rebounds a game, one and a half assists per game, one and a half steals per game. He blocked Kevin Knox. Yeah, that was um, sweet. After getting posterized by Kevin Knox. <laughs> yeah, that was also him. sweet. George, George George jumped at the wrong time on that one, but he got his revenge. Um, but no, everybody, everybody seems to be saying it. George Yang is an NBA player, and he's, he's trimmed down. I don't know if you've noticed, he's trimmed down considerably. He looks more in shape. He's never going to be fast. <laughs> everybody who watched him at Iowa State knows that he's not like a – Super quick player, but he's very, he's very like got soft touch. He's a very old school player in that way. He can score in a ton of different ways. So if uh, if he does make the Jazz roster, roughly how many minutes would you predict? It for would him? be DNPs to okay. uh, about ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes a game. You know they'll work him in more in the regular season. Yeah. Um, I think he'll still spend some time in Salt Lake City. But I think that he's earned enough now to, either, whether it's with the Jazz or somewhere else, I think they're going to sign him to a full contract. Because remember, right now he's a restricted free agent on a two-way. Yep. But they can negotiate a different contract um, because, I mean, they waived Jonas Drebko, um, who was kind of a forward in the same vein as George's as far as position goes, a 3-4. So um, that, kind of, that kind of opens the door for him to sign. And uh, Drebko's going to go win a ring on the Warriors, so, I mean, don't feel bad for him. <laughs> on, on the flip side, how is uh, Naz Mitru Naz going? Naz is playing 22 minutes a game. He's only getting six points a game. Um, he's only taken four sh- I mean, he's only played in one of the games. He's kinda, um, he didn't play in the last game. Uh, I mean, in the first, the first game. He played in the last game, didn't play in the first game. Might be. Um, three or four from the field in that game, though, had no threes, but he had six points, three boards, three assists. Um, it's a little more difficult for Naz with the uh, signing, with the uh, drafting of Grayson Allen. Yeah. It's exact same position, uh, combo guard. Um, I don't know. I think he ends up finding his way either back on a two-way with the Jazz or on a two-way with another team. Um, I don't know if he's going to get a full-term deal this offseason, but I, th- I think it's going to be kind of like George's, George, where he, um, he takes... I know, I know. That <laughs> S trips me up still sometimes. Um, we're very tired here at the double technical. Um, <laughs> uh, 
It's going to be interesting. I think um, I think he is going to have to do another year, kind of like George did, before he gets kind of the third year full term contract. Um, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see where how his off season ends up. I saw some of his passing. His passing looked pretty nice in the his the passing summer looked league. better than it was at Iowa State. That's yeah, for sure. Um, going to another former Cyclone. Um, we're going to go to Monte Morris, who has absolutely earned himself a spot as the Nuggets' backup point guard. Um, I think that's the, fair. D- the Denver writers are saying this. Um, you know, they, He's saying, like, okay, Monte's the backup. Go find, go use the money you have left to find someone else for like, a different spot. It's interesting because, I mean, he's shooting 48%, six assists a game, almost a steal per game, four rebounds a game. Um, three. He's played three games and he's averaging 16 points a game too. He's he's the leader of this summer league team. Well, I think too, Monte Morris is exactly what you want in a backup uh, oh, point guard. Absolutely. I mean, he can still impact the game even if he's not scoring. And if you do need some some offensive production, he can give you a little. Yep. He's gotten better at getting to the rim. He's he's not going to turn the ball over as no. we've seen. No, six to one assist to turnover ratio so far. So I mean, that's pretty good. He's yeah, he's a prototypical NBA backup point guard. He's not going to do anything crazy. He's going to keep the game controlled, and that's kind of what you want in a backup. Yeah, boomer bust isn't exactly. No, boomer bust is a slow and steady, steady as it goes. Is a. Kind of the Monte Morris motto. He looks uh, quite a bit bigger too, from bulkier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's gotten a little, He's been working in uh, the Ojale factory, as they say, on Weird Celtics Twitter. I'm sorry, <laughs> everybody who has to listen to me. That's a very niche joke. It's right an there. extremely niche joke. We're gonna keep it in though. We're gonna keep it in. Um, All right. What about uh, Deontay? Our latest, the latest two-way player. Probably. In my opinion, the most uh, interesting yeah. former Iowa State player. Yeah, he's really interesting. Um, three games, only averaging eight points a game, but he's playing. You know, he's playing about seventeen minutes. He's not a starter. He's like the first guy off the bench. Um, playing eighteen minutes a game, eight points. He's shooting seventy-one percent from the field. He's only taken, I think, one or two threes. Which is interesting because I think he needs to work on his three a little more to become yeah. a full-time NBA player. But um, I think it's a huge leap to go from Korea and China to a two-way contract and playing in the G League and going up to with the Thunder sometimes. Um, yeah, averaging six rebounds, three assists, 1.3 steals, and 1.7 blocks per game, which sounds extremely Deontay Burton. Yeah. Um, he had a big dunk the other night, too. Oh, yeah, he had a really nice dunk. He's also playing with a nasal fracture, too, so. He's got the <laughs> He's got the a mask. weird mask. Yeah. It's like one that extends past his nose, almost like a beak, you know? It's <laughs> not like it's not like the Kyrie Irving one where it's. Yeah, yeah. Or like the, it's not a, it's not a Kobe Mamba mask. No you know? Rip Hamilton. No, it's no Rip Hamilton. Nobody will ever wear a mask like Rick Ham- Rip Hamilton did. I mean, he wore it even when his nose wasn't broke. But I think Deontay Burton is intriguing to me because he's not, you know, Naz and Monte are kind of traditional players, I guess. And mm-hmm. Burton, he's kind of, you can stick him in multiple places. And 
kind of transcends positions. Yeah. I feel like. He's just a player, you know? Yeah, he, he definitely does a lot of things, and you can put him in different places. Uh, yeah. You can play him at power forward, shooting guard. Yeah, it's kind of... He can bring the ball up. He can go in the post. I mean, he can guard. It's interesting that he hasn't shot a ton because I feel like when he was at Iowa State... He was... Uh, his Sometimes he wouldn't have it, but he would just try to shoot his way out of... Uh, and that kind of got him night. into trouble sometimes, too. It helped sometimes, but sometimes it kind of got him into trouble when he just didn't have it. Um, this time, he is seventh in the team in shots taken. Yeah, that, so that's really interesting to he's me. He's really taken more of a backseat role, kind of like a role-player role, which is, I think, what Oklahoma City kind of wants him to do. Yeah. And I think he'll kind of... He'll kind of I think he'll do more at with when he's with the Oklahoma City Blue, which is... I actually like that name, by the way. Yeah, that's... I don't know. Keep the it logo simple. sucks. The logo sucks. Don't look at the logo. It's bad. Um, but It's a simple name, but a good name. Yeah, I like the blue. Um, and he'll, I, think, I think he'll be good for them this year. I'm surprised that he got a two-way contract so quickly, man. I was just thinking, you know, oh, this is a good chance for him to get a better contract overseas, you know, and then maybe come back next year. And See, but I think the NBA... The thing I will say about Deontay Burton, the NBA is a lot about potential. Yep. I mean, we saw Michael Porter Jr. get drafted. Yeah, even though he's probably not going to play at yeah. all his, fresh, his first season. They're basically going to redshirt him. And we saw him play... <laughs> 30 minutes in yeah. college, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that's the thing that's different about the NBA to yeah. me, more so than other sports. And I, I think that's a big reason... Because Burton obviously has some uh, freakishness to him. Yeah, he's a, an incredibly unique player. Yeah. Incredibly unique. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it'll be really interesting to see what he does in um, the G League this year, and what he does the rest of the summer league. So Noah will have some stuff story-wise on on the four yeah. Iowa State. Look guys. for that probably tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah. Wednesday. For those of you listening to it. On iowastatedaily.com. Yep. And at iowastatedaily on Twitter, at ISD Sports. And listen to the Les and Kobe show on Mondays and Wednesdays. Oh, absolutely. And, and Pod time. Casual Friday. Yep. Pod Casual Friday. Um, we'll be missing a whole bunch of people, but... We'll be missing a whole bunch of people. I'll, I'll still be here. Yeah. So you and, you, you and Kay are going to be here. Yeah. Um, I'll just trash the All-Star game the whole time. Trash the All-Star. Is it, is it what? Save your take. Save your take on the All-Star game. Um, what, what do we got? I'm not going to be here Thursday morning. So um, what, what are you planning on doing? for? Uh... Well, um, I was working to set up an interview. That'll probably be sometime next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so it should be me and Sam Stuve. Yep, one of our young writers. You've heard him twice last week. He's he's done a great job. So he's an Ames guy, so Ames he guy, knows Iowa State. He's hungry. He's hungry. <laughs> hungry for podcasting, is what that is. He probably just ate lunch, so I don't think he's hungry. But I, yeah. But um, and then we'll tell you as soon as we have enough information about a possible interview next week. Yeah. Right. So stay tuned for that. Thanks yeah. for listening. All right. Have a good one.